This time on Matters. I'm a big old square. Black Mirror fucked me up. Drink coffee? Hail Satan. All this and more on this exciting episode of Matters. His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys named Matt talk about what matters to them. I'm Matt Noss. Across from me at the table is my great friend, Matt Rose. How you, how you doing, Matty? I am doing good. Doing good? <laughs> I'll take it as a marked improvement. There wasn't even an inkling of a yawn. No, there was. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about it, but now that you mention it, it's coming up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it's it's sympathetic response, man. What do you mean? <laughs> probably cut all of this who knows no never never uh good week so far matt yeah 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 it's going it's going pretty well it's uh you watch yeah. that uh gambino video see that uh, i i didn't i i heard about it yesterday and i was like oh i don't know if i want to watch that just it because it, it sounds depressing <laughs> it's super depressing yeah. and it's also very very good it's worth checking out yep yep matt you Man. brought the guest today. I did. I did bring the guest. I'm going to hand the reins right over to you. Sure, sure. So our guest uh, is a well-known developer in the developer community. Um, he is a fantastic UI developer. He is an accessibility advocate. Uh, he, geez, do you have 12 coming up or you've done 12 conferences this year? It'll be 12 after these eight. I wow. already did three or four. So he will... By August, mm-hmm. have 12 conferences under his belt for this year alone, speaking about accessibility, speaking about optimization, speaking about CSS. Chris Mars. Yay! Yay! What's up, boys? Hey! How you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm Thank doing you. Good too. Thank you so much for joining us. So this is where, in the conversation, I start to go... I don't know what most of those things are because I'm not a developer. Well, so, Chris, why don't you explain... You don't have to explain the CSS so much, mm-hmm. but the, the optimization and the accessibility. Go! So, uh, so accessibility um, is like web accessibility for people that suffer from disabilities. So oh, they wow. can use applications. Whether, whether permanent or temporary. Yep. Because that's, that's one of the things that you and I used to have to do when we worked for the same company, mm-hmm. was try to explain to people that worked above our pay grade that disability does not have to be permanent someone can break their arm and they so are temporarily temporary. disabled if they cannot use the mouse and they can only use the keyboard or if someone's in a car accident they break their neck and they can only breathe into a tube right yep. that is also disabled disability has a you know Tons a, a really really yep. yeah a lot of a lot of levels it's it's a very wide variety of different things and there are so many different facets to it that knowing what the ideal contrast ratio is for background color to text color knowing what the ideal font size is or knowing what fonts are good you know if you for instance had a large population of people um, for your application that had dyslexia, right? If you were an education site, knowing which fonts work best for people with dyslexia or other learning disabilities based on you know something like dyslexia, knowing those things, those things are extremely important. And Chris and I 
were almost always on the same page mm-hmm. on things. And even when we weren't completely on the same page, we still had each other's back and we were still, you know, trying to go in the same direction and trying to make sure that the applications we built were usable and accessible to the widest variety of our customers. And while I no longer work for the same company, I still advocate the same things. I still promote the same things. And in my applications, I'm still trying to advocate for my users at every possible opportunity. And Chris is the biggest advocate I know in this field. Appreciate that. Yeah. The web is for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just people with disabilities. I mean, that's a huge focus. They have to be taken into consideration. But an open web means an inclusive web. And an inclusive web means web for all. Right. Yep, yep. And to speak on the temporary, the short-term disabilities, <laughs> a lot of people don't think of it, but a parent with a newborn, Matt. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's hard to use a computer when you have a newborn child in your hand. Way difficult. Right? Or when you are pregnant. Or when exactly. Yeah. I mean, these it, are short-term. Yeah. Um, roadblocks. Right. Not really disability. It's, having a kid isn't a disability, right? Right. Just a but it is. But it journey. does limit your ability. It does to access. Exactly. And so you know, these these are things that that are really important for people to consider. And one of the things that I know that you and I have to deal with a lot is people who design things for print. And they do not think about this at all because, you know, print, right. when people I can are totally do- see that being a huge stumbling block because I'm, yep. I'm already thinking about like I've designed process. I've designed a lot of things, not not in code, not on the Internet or anything along those lines. But how close minded I can be in my own processes, not even thinking like, oh, shit, you know, that this should be able to be performed by everybody isn't a question that's asked often yeah and it's usually like second thought right like security i think that a lot of times yeah i think a lot of times it's third thought even yeah even that like i always say accessibility is not a requirement it's a must you know i mean from Mm -hmm. design it doesn't even start with code it's design your designers have to know what the fuck they're doing and if they don't yeah that's that's something that I, i that i constantly push back on when we have to go with third-party marketing companies, designers, they don't know that 7 to 1 contrast ratio, baby. <laughs> when you have under that, it is hard to read. And I cannot tell you how many times, just in the past week alone, I have seen light green backgrounds with white text where it's like... That's a contrast ratio nightmare. Who can read that? I would like to know who can read that. Well, but it looks good. But who can read it? There, there's a line <laughs> between... Function and accessibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And you know, I'm I'm willing to meet you guys halfway. You have to be willing to do the same. But that's exactly. that's like a fundamental of like good design is yeah. that it's designed to be seamless and accessible. Mm-hmm. Like I love ninety nine percent invisible, and they talk about that at nauseum. They talk about like wayfinding in an airport. Like the way that they try to design it is that everybody can get through it, and sometimes they don't even realize that. The airport's specifically taking you by the food court mm-hmm. <laughs> in the way that it's just wayfinded, but it's like with intent, right? But yeah. if your your intent is this looks pretty, you th- you're gonna miss it. Yep. You are you are exactly. really missing it, and that's that's something that I'm actually having some success with. In that the the departments in my company that 
I don't necessarily think thought about it much because I am meeting their expectations and exceeding their expectations. They're more willing to listen to what I have to say. And because now they're listening what I have to say, they're starting to, uh, I don't, I don't want to necessarily the light bulbs. say. Yeah. 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 Some of the, some of those light bar light bulbs are flickering. They're not completely right. on yet, but they're starting to get it that, you know, just because sighted people can get your your ad campaign, you know, and I mean, one of the things that I'm anticipating somebody saying is, well, blind people can't drive cars. Mm-hmm. Well, right. But blind parents can still get cars for their kids. Right. You know, like there there are still customers that will be sight limited just because they're not driving the cars themselves doesn't mean they are not getting the cars. That's right. I mean, that's absolutely right. Or so they can have a driver. Yeah, there, there yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like they can have a caretaker drive yep. them in their car. Mm-hmm. And in 10 years time, 20 years time, when cars are autonomous. Because we're, we're rocketing towards autonomous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, my car and, and I, I think that your car as well has functionality built in that will redirect you into your lane and that will stop when a car is close. stopped in right. front of you, right? And th- while not autonomous, you know, it's not going to take off on its own. M- my car will correct me when i'm making a mistake and this is just the first generation of this stuff right imagine when we are 10 generations in right i mean it's it's just gonna be bananas so chris this seems specific was there an event or something in your life that prompted this so I get that a lot. I get the why. And then when I give my accessibility talks at conferences, I have a specific slide where I right. talk about the why. And mm-hmm. I'm, of course, I don't want to undercut your conferences because that's a thing that you do. But no, yeah, it's all good. Um, I kind of just think, you know, like about my mom and she can barely use a phone, right? Or she doesn't even know how to turn on a computer, let alone have, has a computer. But like she's got to put her glasses on because she can't see really well. Mm -hmm. She can't hear really well, so her phone's got to be turned up really loud. If I can make accessible user experiences for someone like her, I've done my job at the end of the day. Right. You know what I mean? And accessibility has just been gaining so much visibility on the web in the past five, six years, whereas like 10, 20, 30 years ago, it really wasn't, right? But there's a lot of people in the industry like myself and a few other people who are like getting the word out and like talking about users, users everywhere. Mm-hmm. That you know they have disabilities or they don't like these things are important and people need to give a shit about it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and so what? That's what I used to use as the like the bar is. Can my dad use this application? Right. If he can't, we're failing because my dad has just enough knowledge to turn on his laptop and to log in. And to open a program he's familiar with. But once it gets past that, he, I don't know why he gets so scared, but he will get scared that he's going to blow his laptop up. My mom is exactly the same Uh way. She called me earlier today. The network was down. She's like, I don't know how we're going to fix this. Like, all right, well. We'll, we'll, have we turned we'll it off yet? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. Like, have we turned the whole thing off and and start we'll, it back up again? That that can um, fix a lot of things. Yeah, my uh, a couple <laughs> a couple months ago, 
um, my dad didn't even want to bother me. And so my mom called me on my dad's behalf. And she was like, there's something wrong with with the word program we have where the, the fonts are all messed up. And so I was like, fonts are all messed up. What do you can you can you explain? They're so huge. And I was like, all right, well, our, okay, open the program, and I want you to click on one of the words, and I want you to tell me what it says uh, in, like, this particular box. It says, you know, 20 or 18, or it's like, what's 20 or 18? Well, that's not too big. No. It's zoomed. Okay, I want you to, like, hit control and then hit the minus key a bunch of times. Well, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> Parental tech support is... A, please work on usability. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. And and so when I would be building applications, and this was from like 2000 to 2011, when I worked for my first company, I was able to get our sites like AA Section 508. Like I was I was legit OG accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was able to get people on board and get our stuff to where it worked without JavaScript and, you know, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then I started working for a hospital where they were like, yeah, we're not interested in that. Where I was like, how can you not You're a fucking a- hospital. Yeah, what is wrong <laughs> with you? Um, the the, um, the m- most latest thing that we released at work, I did 99% of the accessibility work on it. Nice. Ran a lighthouse audit and mm-hmm. came back with a score of 100. Nice. On every single page. That is that, that is difficult. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this was the first application we've released that was 100% accessible yeah, across the really company cool. since really the cool. inception of the company. I know. Right? Because I worked there before huge. you did, and I never got anything even close to that. And I got a shout out and everything. And they were oh, like, see, nice, nice. You, you made it, you talked about it, you did it. Yeah. So you're going to be setting the bar from here on out. Like that's, that's awesome. what I'm here to fucking do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my awesome. buddy over really here cool. is the one that hired me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because like now that I think about it, I you know my thoughts are my own. I've worked for General Motors for quite a while, but all of my opinions are my own. Same here. Uh, <laughs> all of our opinions are our own. Are, are our own. Are our own. I am not speaking <laughs> for my company. I'm speaking for myself. Uh, but one of the things I had, I found in a couple situations is I had to go in and explain, because I've worked contact center for so long, we are going to be doing tech support over the phone to people who are generally old, older. Mm-hmm. The medium vehicle buyer is not a 20-year-old who can flip open their iPhone and understand everything and get everything downloaded and knows how to use Bluetooth. I'm like, no, your medium buyer is substantially older, older. than that. Yeah. So it's like the harder that you make this, the more options that you give, the more XYZ that you give, we can help. It's just going to be a bad experience. Yep. And like advocating that... From a front end design, from a U, that's UI, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, from a UI experience, that's like music to my ears because then when it comes to support, it becomes an actual problem rather yep. than how do I turn it on? Which still yep. will exist no matter what because yep, nothing, yep, yep. we're people, we're gonna miss things. I miss right. things all the time, but mm-hmm. like 
So there's a good book out there called Don't Make Me Think by Stephen Krug. And that is all about do just enough so your user can use your stuff. That's it. Don't start giving them tons of options and things to do and, thing, and yep, things yep, to yep, click. Yep. They just become overloaded with information. They don't know how to navigate and or ask the right questions. Give them yep. the minimal amount of they can do by providing the best experience you can give them, and that's it. Wasn't yep. that like the same? I'm, I'm thinking of like this program that was like 26 folders or something like that. It was the same idea where it was just like, why don't you add X, Y, Z? Like they had this FAQ about why the product was as lean as it was. And they were like, because we don't want to add complexity to it. We want you to be able to use it very simply for this functionality. And you will find we're the best at doing it, mm-hmm. doing this functionality. But if you, if we started cobbling it together, it's going to turn into Excel. Yeah. Well, right. And, and the, the more options you add, the more complexity you add. Mm-hmm. And it, when you add complexity, you tend to over-engineer. And over-engineering reminds me of the um, the saying, the problem with building full, uh, completely foolproof systems is underestimating the ingenuity of complete fools. Right. <laughs> I like um, that. Where when you start trying to outthink people who don't know how to do something, you have failed. <laughs> well, you, I- you have to build... You have, I mean, you basically have to build... And as close to a straight line as you can. Because when you start veering off into all these different directions, it becomes exceptionally complicated. And so just, just stop. <laughs> you know, the, the, the more simple you can make things, the better. Because and you need to be thinking about the experience you want the user to have. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if your goal is it for, to, for it to do all these cool things... Who are those cool things for? You, the design, the developer. They're they're for the people who requested the project, right? Not um, the user. Yeah, which are which are people who are typically not user advocates. They're typically not people who are studying, um, you know, the the aspects of human psychology that have to deal with application development. You know, there's there's so many different things that go into it. Yeah. And you know it's it's not just building web applications. It's there are also product designers and stuff like that that have to think. You know where building a chair. You know you might think all right, it's got four legs and it's got a back and a seat, but there's more to it than just that. Like it reminds me of the episode of The Simpsons where they buy those chairs for the kids that are supposed to force them to pay attention. And I think Martin's face goes numb because his spine is at such a bad angle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, things that seem simple aren't always simple, but the simpler you can make them, the better. And you can can vouch for this. One of Jakob Nielsen's design principles, put yourself in the user's shoes. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's one of the problems, though, is that developers often put themselves in the shoe of a developer tep- testing an exactly. application instead of a user exactly. using an application. If I'm going to build something, I'm going to build it with all the bells and whistles. I think it's fucking sweet. I'm going to add mm-hmm. this, this, this. I'm going to have 15 badges day, along the top. Right. Yeah, but at the yeah. end of the day, that might not be what the user wants. Right. Right. You yeah, have to build yeah. what they and need. And so this, this makes me think of the billion-dollar button, right? Where at my last company, I wrote an article with one of my coworkers 
where we talked about why UX is so important. And one of the biggest UX victories of the past, let's say, 20 years was at Amazon. You used to be able or like it um, it used to make you sign up before you could purchase. And what they did was they changed it so that you could sign up during purchase. purchase. And just that change, I, I, I would have to actually consult the article I wrote. Um, but it ended up in the first couple months increasing revenue by like $300 million. Where well, it was that like that is not even shit. close to a surprise because we, Matt knows uh, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, and um, if you've ever watched the dude for like three minutes of any of his recent content, he talks about voice and frictionless purchases, mm-hmm. and he's like, right now Amazon's gonna win because hey Alexa, order me some X Y Z. Yep, yep, yep. And yep, then yep, it's yep. like it's on its way, Gary. <laughs> like. Yeah. That that type of frictionless, don't think about it purchasing helps you win. Whereas, like, I've used websites within the last year that it's like, hey, want to sign up? No, I don't. I just, Too bad. <laughs> well, like, I bought a beat, and it was just to buy the beat took me like 17 clicks. I was like, yeah. I just want to buy this beat. Right. <laughs> I just want to buy this beat. Please. I can remember this was. 15 years ago, probably the application that we were working on was a mortgage application where, you know, you would, you would get to the homepage and however many clicks it took you to actually apply for the mortgage. And I, I came into the company and I'd been working there for a few years and I looked at it and I was like, this is, this is terrible. Like we need to, we need to drastically lower the amount of clicks it takes and we were able to cut it in like thirds and we went from not even being listed there was some some industry article that was written that where we went from not even listed to like second or third in the industry into like ease of use for apple for like mortgage application and like I mean, it it got us like an eternal high five. No one in the company recognized it, um, but that is like a huge, I you know, a huge thing. And when you mentioned friction, it made me think of cognitive friction because a lot of people in application development and in IT in general think that's a made up term, and it's like no, cognitive friction is a huge thing. Especially on the web. Like, it's all anything that takes me out of the sales process or just takes you out of the process, period, and makes it confusing. Um, where, like, I've, I've, I cannot tell you how many times I've tried to convince designers don't put like the label for a field on the left and the field on the right because your eye has to keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Put the field and the label on top of one another because your eye does not have to travel. That does not increase cognitive friction. It reduces it. And you are more likely to have the user go all the way through the form to have them 
take less time to fill the form out. Well, but it doesn't look right. Yeah, it does. It actually looks it looks just fine. It's a design standard. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but but you still see it, dude. You still see it all the fucking you time. Do. You do, and it is so irritating. Yeah, and I want to grab the designers who do that and shake them lightly. Yeah, and be like, just just stop doing that. They shouldn't do that. No, they really shouldn't. <laughs> There's so many things they shouldn't do that we really just have to. Oh, Gently but fuck. firmly, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm, I, we're on the same page. I, I might we not speak at conferences, shit, but, and then we're just going to develop it. Well, so I, because of my last job where I was forced to do a lot more UX work, I am a lot more comfortable doing UX work now. Um, but just just today, and I was telling Chris this at dinner, um. I one of my one of my uh, I, I'm used to saying clients because of my last job, but the one of the people in branding um, I had a meeting with today, and I sent them my proposed designs for because they are marketing designers. That's a third party. They'll do a phone and they'll do a desktop, but they don't do anything in between. And it was like, well, we really should have that bridge in between and they were like well i don't know and so i was like all right I'll, jesus i'll do it and won't cost you anything and so i created the <laughs> designs and i sent it to him and the the guy was just like you really have a good design sense you like are i think he said an impeccable design sense where i was like <laughs> well okay but to be fair his first language is not english <laughs> um but he was just like he was like this stuff is great I'm so glad you're on the team now. And he just It opened I, the door. He was he was gushing about the work that I've been done. I That's mean, granted, i I found out, you know, some stuff about the the previous developers that had been working on this stuff where they weren't They were just different. Let's say that. Yes, they were they were different in that they did not know what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> we, I call that unique. Yeah, yeah, they were unique, yes. Well, no, I consider I consider the two of us unique Very because so. I cannot tell you how many times I've run into developers who didn't have... They could not find their ass with both hands in a map, right? Oh, I mean... I know a lot. Yeah, and, and so it's, it's nice to be actually recognized by people in the company where they're like, wow, like you are doing exactly what we're asking and then going beyond that where it's like, to me, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Like this is, this is what I've been expected to do for the past like 20 years. I don't know why you guys don't just expect this by default. Right. I feel bad for the developer after me. Morally, (laughs) you're doing what you're supposed to do as a developer. Morally, you have a, a job to advocate for the user and do what you have to do. It's it's second nature, right? Yeah, yeah. We have for, a moral responsibility us, yeah. as web workers to do that. Yeah. So when we get praise for it, it's like I'm Thanks. doing my job. Yeah. What yeah. a developer is supposed to fucking do. Yeah. You know, you know I, mean? I mean I, I I appreciate you appreciating me. Right. Right? But like this I just consider this what I'm That's what, what I'm do. being paid to do. Exactly. Right, right, but is right. that the stuff that gets lost with speed? Yes. Because absolutely one thousand percent. Every freaking thing that I get involved with, they're like, We gotta do this one lean, we gotta do this one quick, we gotta do this one XYZ. And I swear 
that it seems to me, who's not in UX, not in UI, not in development, not in tech, that it always bears a hundred iterations. Yes. Post launch. Yep. 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 It's where where the stuff that I am doing now for the the application that I'm working on, I d- so I got brought into the last couple applications in phase two, and all it was doing was fixing bugs in phase one that should have been handled in phase one. I do not see that happening in the application that I'm working on now because I'm making sure to fix all those things by building it right in the first place. Which is the hard work, which is the stuff is. that yeah. takes more time. And I, um, so Chris and I, uh, I don't want to say we specialize in it, but one of the things that we advocate is mobile first, where you develop the site to Jesus work Christ. in a phone first, and then you scale, you up. scale up. If you don't, like, uh, you guys are speaking my language, even though I'm not in your field, it's like, I don't ever go- leave the house without this phone. Yep. I don't go anywhere without this phone. That it, again, my dude Gary V is like, this is the remote control of your life. life. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It is where I go first for nearly everything. Yeah. yeah. And so what at um at our last at my last com or not my last at the at company where them. I worked. <laughs> yeah. At my one of my last companies where I worked with Chris. Uh, I can remember we got analytics. Where it was like, all right, guys, what percentage do you think accesses our sites on mobile? And we were guessing really low, and they were like, it's over forty percent. And when I ran the analytics for the sites that I work on, which are in Chile, Brazil, Colombia, um, it was over fifty percent. Fifty yeah, percent of web traffic. I just couldn't fucking believe from mobile. that. Fifty percent or more yeah. comes from mobile. Yeah, and so and the the fact that it is given afterthought. Yeah. By it the developers, like it just it blew my mind, and it was like, all right, fucking hell. Well, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this whole thing mobile first. Yeah. Because I mean, for one, that's really how you should do it in the first place, but also. Because it's 2018. Yeah, because it's bit. 2018, and our traffic just bears that yeah. as what we should be doing. And Plus, so, if you, if you have a better mobile experience, to leverage that into a better web experience does not seem like that big of a leap. It's not. It's not. It's, it's less, not a leap at all. No, it's not. There's more work being done when you go from desktop down, because now you have to oh, refactor yeah, all that. Code. You have to shoehorn things. Because whereas you're you're when you're doing mobile first. You're you're keeping everything to a part- like you're you're basically making sure that it works in the most difficult thing possible, and then expanding it to okay. Well, now we just need to change a couple things Add for a larger couple features. Devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add yeah, more yeah. to that yeah. experience with so robust. Yep. But then on the mobile device, we only need this five these five things. Now we're on a desktop. Well, we need ten things now. Okay, that's fine. And it's easier yeah. for a desktop to support exactly. 10 things. And when we get an optimizations of performance of what I do as well, well it's I easier mean, to create performant mobile experiences. I do I do a little do bit. First. I do a little bit of that. I just don't speak at conferences like you. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean it, it also has to deal a lot with the platform that you're on. Yeah. Because if you are on 
um, servers like Chris is on where there's a lot more mobile or there's a lot more optimizations that can be done on their end, um, you know, then that's a thousand percent possible. But well, a hundred percent possible. I keep saying a thousand right. just to emphasize. I wanted to know if you guys get caught up in languages like because I kind of libraries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah frameworks uh, like there are a lot like the, something that's been really big for the past couple of years are single page application frameworks. So Vue and React and Angular and what an, Preact, Preact, React, Angular, and Vue. I think that's the four. Well, doesn't Ember? Maybe do, Ember. Do maybe Elm. I I, yeah. I don't I, know. I don't fuck with it. I the only one that I have any experience with at all is Angular, and I only have two versions of Angular. Um, and the, geez, they just released six, six this week where it's like, I have experience with 1.5, 1. 1.6 and two, which like is Angular JS. Yeah. And then you switch over to Angular, yeah. which is two separate frameworks and syntax. Well, uh, is, is Angular, I mean, that's still like TypeScript that's transparent. Angular two is, ju- yeah, TypeScript. Angular two is written in TypeScript. What is Angular six written in? Probably TypeScript. Probably two to six is in TypeScript. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that it, it's yeah. probably written in TypeScript mm-hmm. and then transpiled down the to JavaScript. Probably ES5, ES6, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I see that stuff, it it is easily like looking at another language. When I see TypeScript on a computer, when I see like a command box or whatever the hell it is, because I don't know and I'm just an ignorant idiot. But like when I see that stuff, instantly my eyes glaze over and I want to pass out because I'm just like, I don't get it. And it's something I've never spent the time to get. Mm-hmm. Like I did two seconds of CCS to change something on a blog. CSS? CSS. <laughs> there we CSS. go. CSS. No, no, CCS the center... is the College of Creative yeah, Studies. studies. No, <laughs> no I, I went to the College of Creative studies. studies. To learn the CSS. <laughs> to ch- I just got up on a, a ladder and, got the and I changed something for a blog. Uh, that's but how good I am at computers. <laughs> You're you're better you're better than you think you are. But um, can you even computer, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something that has, I think. I mean, it, it, a lot of those frameworks really are shiny and new to a lot of development managers. And that's just that's what they want. Can, can you build in a single page uh, framework? Yeah. Okay. Then we'll hire you. Where it's like, well, but can you build good applications? Yeah. Yeah. No. Doesn't matter. Again, right. that comes back to speed. It's like, yeah. Can you do it? Yep. Cool. Then I don't need you to think. I just need you to do. Right. But they don't. They're not asking the right questions up no. front, which leads to bad experiences. So we were talking about this. What? What? Nothing. And. Uh, it's kind of across the industry. Like, I have friends of mine who can't get new gigs in the industry that are already working, right? But since they're good developers, but they can't build in one framework, oh, we can't, we can't use you. Yeah, I, like, I yeah, was, that's I was having it. so much trouble with that when I was unemployed last year, um, because I would have, and I mean, sometimes it would be, oh, you have a, you have experience in Angular one five. We need people who are Angular 2. And I mean, the difference between Angular 1.5 and 2 is huge. So if you if you were like an expert in 1.5 but had no idea about 2... It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Sorry, dude. Um, For instance, me, 
like if I were to do an interview and it was for like for my type of position, I have 22 years experience. I write about the web. I hold my own podcast. I speak at conferences. I co-organize meetups and I bring community together. Oh, that's fine and dandy. But can you build this in React? Well, no. Like, okay, well, we, we don't need you anymore. Or we don't, we don't, we were going to pass on you. Like, well, well, I want all this other value I'm bringing to your company. Right. But you're turning me down because I can't build an application in React because that's not my bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just, we're just going to go with somebody else who's not as passionate as you, who doesn't do what you do, but they can build this application in this framework. So we're going to hire. Yeah. Them. It doesn't matter if the application is good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If the application will scale. None of that stuff matters. It's just. Can you build well, it? Well, but yeah. Can you build it in this one framework? That will will be updated in a couple months and then become obsolete. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. That's bullshit. Yeah. So once I got the um, and I I I found out like a couple months in that they forgot to give me the test at my last company where they were supposed to give me like a I don't want to say like a coding test but like some kind of test like that. And they, I guess they forgot to do it in the interview and I got it. And I mean, you know, once I got it, they were just like, oh no, he knows what he's doing. You don't, you know, it's no problem. But I found out afterward, like, because we were talking about the interviewing process and they were just, they were talking about their coding test. And I was like, what coding test guys? (laughs) And they were like the one that we gave you. And I was like, you guys never gave me one. And they were like, we what? Well, we were supposed to, where I was like, nope. <laughs> Too bad. Out. Too you bad. Looked so out big time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I that's that's something that um I liked about my current job is they interviewed me more about how I approached development than absolute finite technical skills can you build in this framework can you tell me what line 34 in this framework does yeah yeah like you know it it, it wasn't something like that and i have far exceeded any of the goals they've given me because i've been doing this for decades i know what i'm doing and if you give me a little bit of time i figure it out and i mean you're you are diligent in your work. You're not somebody who will look a problem and go, "Well, that looks tough." Yeah. See you guys later. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna bug out at the at the first sign of difficulty. I'm gonna dig my heels in and I'm gonna figure the motherfucker out. You're and also, I know I know that you're the same way. Yeah. And you know what I see a lot of developers do when they encounter that problem is instead of digging their heels in, they look for the duct tape. And it's like, no, man, <laughs> you need to look for the solution. And if there isn't a solution, you need to make one. And if you can't find one, then you need to reapproach the problem and look and see if there was a different solution all along. Yeah, you're like me um, as far as that goes, especially being a yes person. We're not yes people. Oh, absolutely not. And we are pushback people. <laughs> when you're working on a team of yes people, it is and you're really the only difficult. one that says no. Then and we can't do this that, right now. That's something that I really like about my boss and my boss's boss is they did not hire me to be a yes man right. and they have said that since I was hired. They're glad I push back. That's why they're I get glad along. that I say no, but I don't just say no. 
I say no, how about? Or no, why don't we? Yeah. See, I have to work on that. I provide solutions. Here's here's what we can do. Yeah. Here's where we can go with this. And this this is what I suggest we do in the future so that we don't encounter this again. Yeah. And... That that is something that I think every developer needs to have in their toolbox is a yes, but or a no, however, you know, kind of thing where it's like we we need to be able to provide our clients, our customers with something so if they ask for something completely unrealistic it's like well no no one can do that but what we can do is this yeah i gotta see i gotta work on that i'm usually the one that says no that's fucking dumb (laughs) yeah yeah don't (laughs) okay chris but what are we what are we going to do i'm like uh, I don't fucking know. Just listen to what I'm telling you. I got 22 years experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't can't Just rely on that. To me. Can't rely on that. Can't rely on that. But uh, yeah, like that—that uh, that is something that just drives me. Well, or it, it, it used to drive me nuts, and now I'm just so used to, like, no, we shouldn't do that. Here's the reasons why, and but here is what we can do, and here's why this is better. Right. Yeah, I, I get that though. Like once you once you've it's not your first rodeo anymore. Right. In fact, yeah. it's your hundredth rodeo, and you're like, I know exactly where this goes. Right. I've seen these pitfalls before. I've seen this. We're gonna work together as Team America, and we're gonna make the. It's like, all right, I know exactly how this doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, hold, hold on, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's slow down a bit. <laughs> it, it it is very difficult to speak up in those. It's very difficult to say no in those circumstances because of because there is a lot of peer pressure. There is a lot of like, what do you want to help the team? You know, it's like yeah. I'm well, not not helping the team. No, All yeah, I yeah. To- I, I'm I'm actually helping the client and ultimately helping the customer because and that's that's one of the ways where being a really effective user advocate comes in handy. Because when you can make your cases effectively from the ground up, that really does bubble up mm-hmm. all the way to the top where they say, well, you know what? That's a really good point, and we should have thought about that yeah. beforehand. And one thing that – one skill, and I wish this wasn't something you had to have, but one skill that you do have to learn is – Keeping other people's egos cushioned because sometimes you will be pushing back on something that someone else is very possibly going to be offended on. And when they get offended, they get defensive. They don't hear you. So yeah. And and all they do is go into their doghouse and bark at you. And so one thing that I have been doing for the past year or so, instead of pointing the finger, what I've been doing is pointing the thumb at what we can do to help out. So you're and a thumb so pointer. shut the fuck <laughs> up. Just shut up. Shut up, dude. Oh, dude, I thought you at at our last at, at the company that Chris and I worked at, it was we're thumb pointers, not finger pointers. Where 
what it, you, yeah, what it used to, what it used to be what it used to mean when I was there is I didn't fuck up you did you <laughs> fucked up yeah <laughs> two thumbs straight in your direction yeah. that's fucking right but uh but so w- w- one of the things that I've had to do is really trample my ego when it comes to stuff like that and say what we were provided was really good. And what we would like to do is help you build on that. So when our... That's super hard. It is. But when you realize that the the people that you are critiquing might not be used to critique in the way that, you know, like someone like me who has an art degree is. You, right, where at the end of class, to, it would be like... All right, what do you think of this XYZ? <laughs> oh, it would be beginning a class. You do your critique. And I can I can remember some people just eviscerating the stuff that I did because they I mean, for one, they didn't like what I did, and two, they didn't like me. And it would be really hard to not do the same, but it's like that is not going to help anybody grow. What you have to do is you just have to put your personal feelings aside and say, I really like this part and that part, and what I would do is this. Not everybody is used to that. When uh, when you coach improv, you do that a lot. I mm-hmm. bear, I won't even recognize the bad things you do. Not that you, and until you've been doing it a while, but like when you're brand new, it's like, do more of that. Yeah, that was really good. That stuff is great instead yeah. of like, you know, like I need you to take risks and go out there and speak and do things. And the most surefire way to get you to not do any of that is to start being like, you did that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Not going to, not going to help. The, the one thing that they used to do at the company where we worked um, is they do the shit sandwich. I was going to say shit sandwich. When you start talking, I'm like, that's, yep, that yep, sounds yep. kind of like a shit sandwich. Yeah. Well, like where what, what they would do is they'd be like, you're doing really good on this. You suck on this. And you're doing really good on this. And that's actually very ineffective. What you what you need to do is you need to call bullshit when there's bullshit. And you need to build on the things that are good. But you don't necessarily need to wrap the bullshit in good things. Call bullshit when it's bad. And you can focus on good things when they're good. But you don't always have to wrap bad things in good things. No. Because it's good. the bad is going to lose its effect. And the good is going to lose its effect. And you're going to think that it's okay if you're doing bad. Hey, as long as I do some good, yep, 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 you know yep, what yep. I mean? It's, yeah. it's going it to weigh itself out. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's all at the same tone and same out. level. Exactly. Yeah. So at the, the last company where I worked, we had a, a lot of thought design sessions. And, and one of the things during those thought designs as I brought up the shit sandwich and the woman who was leading the thought design session was like, Oh, that is really bad. Don't do that. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just saying that's what they used to do at my last company. And she was like, yeah, that's really ineffective. And like there was a while where people thought that was a good idea and that it just bore no fruit (laughs) or no, you know, no good fruit. No, because if you need direct feedback so like if i'm teaching an improv class and somebody starts harassing or oh yeah you 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 don't say like i i like your energy i wish that it wasn't harassing her <laughs> like just say hey bud stop harassing that lady <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah, it, it, it basically becomes scene. We don't do that. Here's why. It's not funny. You're going to lose an audience immediately. Yeah. yeah I yeah, was yeah. going to. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Because you already you lost funny. You already lost me. Weren't funny, bud. And he, believe <laughs> you me, I've seen some of the worst, wor- dirtiest, nastiest, grossest comedy and have loved it. And you lost me immediately. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if they knew you like I know you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. But ring ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, it's it's feedback is very important. The right feedback at the right time is very important. Mm-hmm. Having a t- people I fall in love with my fucking ideas all the time. Like if I came up with it, it's hard to separate yourself from your ideas. It's like I made this. This thing's great, <laughs> you know, because that's part of who I am. And as I get older and more mature, I start going, and it can be better. And where mm-hmm. can it be better? Yep. And I don't know where I might get a better idea from, mm-hmm. because sometimes if I dismiss everything and everybody, then I miss it. You know, like. Mm-hmm. You need to know what to steal from people. (laughs) It's like you want to steal the right thing. And the only way to do that sometimes is by just making a mess. Well, and so uh, one one cool thing about development and in IT, I don't want to say in general, but a, a, a lot of the stuff that Chris and I deal with is open source and it is the furthering of knowledge. So a lot of times someone will do something really cool and they don't keep it to themselves. They're like, hey, I just discovered something really cool and I want everybody to know about it and everybody who possibly could use this to use it. And so when someone will do that, they'll come up with idea A and they're like, dude, I just came up with idea A and it's totally sweet and I want everybody to have access to it. And then Chris hears that and he looks at it and he's like, oh man, idea A is sweet. I see a couple things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take idea A and I'm going to make idea B that incorporates idea A, but then puts my feedback into it. Eventually idea A and B can merge and form idea C. And now they have the best of both worlds. And that goes back out to the community. Yeah. But all these things, because they're open source, because they are free, openly communicated ideas, someone can go and they can they can Google a particular problem they're having and they can see idea A, idea B, and I see idea C, and then say, Well, you know what? For my particular use case, I need idea idea B. Right. But for a project down the road, I think I might need idea C. That is something that is really, really cool. So how and much has money fucked this up? Because like when, um, when it was 99, like, and I remember just you guys talking about Linux and talking about open source, like, and talking about this idea, this concept, there wasn't money like there is now. Now it's yeah. like... Jesus Christ, like, if you make it and it works and it's it hits, like, well, you don't need to work anymore. Like, yep. <laughs> Well, but, um, so, the frameworks I use the most 
Well, actually, all the frameworks that I use are free. They're free as in speech, free as in beer. They are open source. Everybody uses, but like I, I, I either you use Bootstrap or you use, uh, God, what's the Google Foundation. product? Foundation. Thank you. That was that's from Zurb. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was Google. Right. Um, but I mean, people use. Well, not as many people use jQuery as they used to, yeah. but that's because of some of the the Other single stuff. page frameworks and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, like Vue, have, that's replacing jQuery. Yeah, or Angular, where you don't need jQuery because you can get the extensions to Angular that do the same fucking thing. Yep. Um, but you know, Angular is also free to use, and React was created by Facebook, yeah. right? And it's free to use. Yeah, and then you've got um, you know, you've got all these frameworks, but very very few are are things that you actually have to pay for and the things that you do have to pay for you're usually just paying for support more than anything unless you have like a really big enterprise type right system like progress telerik for instance yeah i was i was just gonna say telerik yeah yeah, if you're using telerik products you're paying for it yeah but then along with those you get other subscriptions to other their products like yeah. Kendo. Yeah, I was just going to say right? Kendo. Our Syfinity stuff. Yep, 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 yep. That's some of it's open source, some of it's not, but Yeah, but I mean they depends. they do they do open source a lot of their yeah. stuff. And uh, a lot of their things are well, actually I think one of the reasons why they open source a lot of their stuff is cuz a lot of their stuff is built on open source. Yeah. And you can't really take open source stuff and then not close back source, it source it and it, say right. like, "Nope, this is mine." Like, "Sorry, bro." <laughs> you should have you should have read your uh, your licensing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh money I don't think necessarily plays a good or bad role. I think it just depends on the project and I think it depends on the people involved in that project because there are still tons of Linux distributions. There's still tons of open source projects out there. And I mean, you know, I mean now even fonts are open sourced, right? Yeah. Where yeah. you can you can go out there and you can just get so <clears throat> so much stuff. And it was the passion project of somebody who just really wanted to put this out there. Yep. And that's what jQuery was. Yeah, with John, yeah, John, John Resig. Resig. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was Vue with Evan Yu created Vue a few years back. Mm-hmm. You know, one engineer at Facebook created React mm-hmm. for their SPA. Yeah, that's it's just that it starts off as a passion well, and, project. And, I mean, and Bootstrap Bootstrap was really Twitter and building. Bootstrap was Twitter. But I mean, building stuff where it was like, hey, this will make our jobs easier. But exactly. <laughs> but still, I mean, yeah, you know, people people build things. Well, uh. So the graphics application that I know the most is the GIMP. Yeah. That's open, open source. source. That is a passion project for a lot of developers where they're like, you know what? We don't want to have to pay hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars Photoshop. for Adobe Adobe applications. Yep. We want to use an application that does most of the same things, but is free, 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 free. And they just released 2.10. And it's totally sweet and is very robust. And you can do a lot of stuff. And for uh, transmissions, I used to do a lot of my stuff in GIMP. Really? 
Yeah. That's awesome. It's a legit program. Um, you know, I mean, I would I would do stuff in Photoshop too, but Kemp does, you know, I mean, it does a lot of stuff and you don't have to have a license for it. And for uh, mattrosedrawstuff.com, that's what I did all of my work in was the GIMP. Well, like creating images and, you know, editing images and stuff like that. It is a really robust, really slick application that is free and deserves your support. So we're gonna we're gonna take a break in just a minute, but before I do that with you guys, um, mm-hmm. do you have like a go to example of like this is good design, like this this is what I would consider t- a a tier tier one the best the best example of like this type of stuff in the world right now. I would say Apple.com. You like Apple? It's clean, enough white space. It's easily discernible what you're doing, what you're looking at. Not too much going on. Not super robust. I think they they're they're they have a clean design, a great design team. I know they have a great design team. But Apple, it's, it's as as much as I am a Google person, I will definitely give to Apple. They have great designers both product yep. designers and graphic designers they they really know how to design yep. stuff yeah they, i mean i'm an apple really fanboy but <clears throat> that has nothing to do with it like they know design they, they do they're and also their engineers are just fantastic yep. um yeah the the stuff they're able to do is is fantastic yep. I'll, I'll go with chris on this um, also because I didn't have anything readily available in my mind mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be like Google stuff because then it'd be like <laughs> what Google stuff ah! Gmail <laughs> yeah <laughs> though the new the new the Gmail new stuff Gmail, is, is Gmail legit compose, man. yeah um, but yeah I, I, I will go with Chris on that <laughs> we'll be back with more matters after this part of the show uh, where we talk about what we are into this week. Um, does anybody have one locked and loaded and ready to go? Uh, well, one, <laughs> one, one, one thing that uh, that I watched recently um, 
because I've been familiar with Black Mirror for a long time, but I've never actually watched same here any episodes. Same here. That first episode where the prime minister has to fuck a pig, man. What? <laughs> I knew that that was what the first episode. I've still not watched it. Oh man, yeah, it's it's bananas. It, it like it's nuts, and just the the whole way that it's set up is is so great. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, it's about a prime minister fucking a pig, but like it's bananas. And then the second episode should be a president fucking a pig. Well, I mean, Black Mirror is a British show, so yeah, but some characters it's English, <laughs> like American English. <laughs> um, and the, and the second episode just about fame and the desire for people to be famous is fantastic there was a couple so episodes good. that tripped me out yep, that yep, i got yep. to watch i'm like this shit could fucking happen and it's blowing my fucking the mind one right of, now the, the one from the second season or the the first american season with um bryce dallas howard that one with the swiping on the yeah. phone like your social status your social status that was determined up. your so like your facebook status determined your status in life yeah so if yeah. you were an 80 plus you would get like premier seating on things, mm-hmm. but if somebody like negged you hard, you yeah. would be like you'd be in steerage basically. Yeah. Oh, like if, so if it was it was basically a comment on bullying or no? It was it was kind of like how we care so much about likes, oh. Instagram shit and likes yeah. on Facebook, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So like if if I was to come to you and you're like a barista or whatever, and I go to order a coffee and you're a dick, well, well, well let me, neg, me scan neg, who neg, you. Neg, okay, neg. that's who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Have a nice day, and then you're gonna like, you're you'll get a notification that your score dropped, mm-hmm. and then you'll be like, oh no no no, I'm so sorry, you know what we can we do for you, blah blah blah. That's how it is. So based on how you are in society, mm-hmm. ranks how you fall in society. So if you're a complete dick, you just, it's fucked up. Nice. It's like legit shit that can happen. Already is happening, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> right. right? Yeah 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 yeah. What do you mean? I'm an influencer, Matt. <laughs> I'm a thought leader. I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm a thought fucking leader. I'm yeah. a thought leader. You can actually back it up. <laughs> oh, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> you actually have like a pedigree and in and, years of experience. And you, and you speak and shit. But you didn't yeah. fucking take ten pictures of uh, you and your friends hanging out. No. Yeah, I'm credible. And actually, like. Uh, this week, let's see. Um, I did watch the Childish Gambino video. I think it was, I think it was very, very good. I really liked it. I, I liked that there was so much going on, and I liked that it sparks conversation. Mm-hmm. The song itself is kind of all over the place, yeah. which it I is. liked. Um, I like the song, and I like everybody who does an ad lib on it. Uh, it's very funny because you kind of hear like these these rappers like Twenty One Savage. Or, um, or <laughs> Young Thug, who I love. I, young, I love Young Thug. But just to hear him go like, ooh, <laughs> in a song is just very, it's very like, really? That's that's all they're going to do on this song? Yeah. Um, or Kendrick Lamar is on it for like two seconds. Um, but I think it's really important, the conversation that that Donald Glover is trying to make people have. 
I have stayed kind of clear of the internet for the um actually white people conversation yeah, 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 yeah. that is certainly there already. <laughs> and if it isn't, it will be by the time this episode comes out. Um, no, it's it's already it's there. It's already there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's fucking internet. Um, but I thought he was really good on Saturday Night Live too. I did too. I thought I thought he did a great job. Um, I loved I loved his intro. His intro was where, great. Where like I can do anything. Yeah, like that was great. I also loved Raz P. Berry. Oh my god, because that was so great. I love Orange Juice Jones, <laughs> the rain, <laughs> and I had forgotten how insane that song is. Mm-hmm. Like in the sketch, he's like, "I almost pulled a Rambo." <laughs> that is in Orange Juice Jones's The Rain. He was like, I almost pulled a Rambo and blasted you with the jammy. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to get any blood on that $35,000 link coat. <laughs> the Rain is an insane, <laughs> insane song. And it's such a deep cut. And I love that they went for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I'm in Donald Glover this week. Uh, I have yeah. not yet watched season two of Atlanta because I don't have FXX, which I think is what it's on. So I'll have to wait till it gets on. Oh, Hulu. that's right. You no longer have basic cable. Anymore. I don't have basic yeah. cable anymore. And I'm not going to do Cody. Um, not that I'm it's not going to be around for much longer. Right? Well, I think <laughs> Cody itself will be a- around for a long time. But like the enablements are going to Yeah, the enablements being... are what mm-hmm. are can disappear yeah because it's just like it had a great run it's kind of like lime wire was or yeah uh, yeah, or the original um napster napster yeah Yeah, like it had a great run yeah but uh that plane is landing right plus i don't want to go to fucking jail now (laughs) like you won't go to jail but yeah yeah well i don't want to be like oh we're deciding to make you uh yeah you're the example we're (laughs) exactly we just go to jail we just need $300,000 for all yeah. the media you stole. Ah! <laughs> no, thank you. No. Mm-mm. No, thank you. And I also have to say that I'm into Max Rubitz. Um, I'm still doing the uh, Charles Manchin project. Uh, Charles Manchin, the 15-year-old mumble rapper that is also a 40-year-old man in the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> I can it, get down with that. It is, uh, is still happening. And uh, if it weren't for Max Rue, which is M A X R X G H beats on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and everything like that, um, he licenses his beats out relatively inexpensively. Um, and not that I'm expecting this to blow up into anything, but it's been like, oh, cool, I can do this, pay the artist who who did the work and actually made the beat. And um and and pay them for their work, and at the same time not fear like I stole a Drake beat right or a right, no right, right, right. A, a no ID beat and yeah. somebody is like ah uh, cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. I only used seven seconds. <laughs> and uh, even though it's it's coming out two weeks after it came out, uh, Roach Coach One Hundred. I'm still um, whoop, whoop. I'm still super excited. Uh, for Roach Coach and everything that we've been able to do over there. 100 episodes, uh, did System of a Down. Uh, if you've not checked it out yet, it's a great app, and uh, you'll get the backstory for Charles Manchin uh, in that episode. <laughs> so that's what I'm into this week. 
Chris, you got anything? I got three things. Awesome. Uh, one. Uh, you, can, you can only do. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there, two of them are really quick. One, DJ Khaled's a bitch for not going down on his old lady. What the fuck? He's a bitch. I'm going to say it right what, here. I, on, I he literally I said he will not go down on his wife, but she goes down on him because it's He's different. the king. He's a king, so oh, he needs to get his dick sucked, but he's not that. going down on his old lady. No. Bitch. No. no. Yeah, that's lame as fuck. No, that, that is bitch. weak. Two, Silicon Valley, season five. The past two, the whole season five is amazing. It's been so I think it's uh, funny so better. Fuck so what, without. What the fuck is with TJ Miller just completely disintegrating? There's just, there was a lot, I guess from what I heard, there's a lot of tension between everybody no, else. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean recently with like the, the bomb call like the bomb threat and oh, like he had him a bomb getting threat. Uh, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, I don't know. Really <laughs> Dude, this that. season is funny as fuck. Season four, not good. No, it was turning into entourage where they just couldn't Oof. lose. Yeah, but like not even it wasn't even fun. Right, and now it's like I love everything. Every ep- I can't wait. I so I watched the sixth or seventh episode last night and I was dying laughing. But the one two weeks ago or last week, it was the fifth or sixth. Gilfoyle was drinking coffee out of a coffee cup that says, drink coffee, hail Satan. Yes. And I want that <laughs> fucking coffee cup. So that's great. Season, The new season is fucking funnier than all the other ones. And um, legalization of marijuana is on the ballot this year. Yeah, it is. So yeah, it is. get out there it and is. vote. Is. That's amazing. Um, we need to make that happen for the state of Michigan. I think it's going to do wonders for the economy, do wonders for the people. And also, uh, hopefully, they just stop drug testing. They Well... For stop THC. drug testing for weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be like I, I, I myself don't um, partake, but I have enough friends who do. Yeah, and like they do it for various reasons, but none of them are irresponsible people. No, and there's no reason why they should be kept from a job because once in a while they smoke some weed. Exactly, <laughs> or take an edible or exactly. something. I've been a corny square pretty much my whole life. Pretty much. Uh, I've been a corny square my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, this needs to fucking stop. This is such a waste of resources. Yeah, like we we haven't seen like Washington or Colorado descend into Mad Max madness. Like, come on, guys. (laughs) Like, this this is just bananas. And Jeff Sessions can go eat a fresh turd, as far as I'm concerned. For saying that only bad people do pot, because a lot of like veterans with PTSD and shit... Yeah. Like no do shit. weed and like it helps them a lot. So yeah, go eat a fresh steaming turd. Yeah, or a bag of dicks. You fuck. I you know what? Like some people who eat dicks are good people. That's true. I I would rather I actually just started focus. to think about that because I used bag it like eat a dick. You asshole was like a thing I would say mm-hmm. under my breath uh, <laughs> to many people. I was like. You know, some people eat dick and they're cool with it because that's what they're into. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I need like, to reframe this. Yeah, like <laughs> someone someone that we used to work with used to call people cocksuckers all the time. And I would be like, dude, T, got to stop using that in a bad way. I I personally like cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> like, those people are okay with me. They're good in my you gotta book. Yeah, you got to find, like, you got to find a better thing. Like, something where... All the people who do this particular thing are bad, right? Like child molesters, universally bad people. <laughs> yeah. I just honestly started saying, eat a sandwich, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> eat a shit sandwich. 
No, uh, I like it. I like it, Maddie. Uh, Chris, before we leave, what, uh, where can people, what are the events, what are the conferences, where can people see you speak? How can they get a hold of you? Oh, uh, well, I'll be traveling all around the country and internationally here coming up. Different states. Um, salt and Burnham on Twitter. If you want to talk about tattoos, web development, stuff like that. That's so what are, what are the next couple conferences that you're going to? Oh, I will be at Music City Tech in Nashville at the end of the month. Oh, sweet. Um, the next week I will be at RevCop in Virginia Beach. And then I'll be in Winnipeg, South Carolina, Grand Rapids soda in june kansas city in july wisconsin in august so nice that's the best you can get in contact with our show at matters pod on twitter and at matters pod on facebook i am at matt noss on twitter i am at karate dracula thank you so much for listening thank you so much chris thanks for having me good times I don't know how the fuck I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, I told you. Good I'm a, times, great oldies. I am a square for life. Uh, you know what? We will see you on the next episode of Matters. Matters. His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. <laughs> it was a good try. It was, it was a, a solid try. try.